interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Quiet, Nero. The adults are thinking. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. This is your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it is Friday. It is the weekend. It is here. It is 5 p.m. And uh, yeah, so it's time to sit back, kick back, relax, and um, enjoy your time. In any case, let's start this the way we usually do by looking at what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net. A bit of a quiet week, but uh, week nonetheless. So we have, um, let's see, we have one video for uh, the game The Punisher, which was for the Low Bias Monthly for July 2019, which is Marvel, Marvel games, games based on Marvel properties. Uh, so yeah, he played the Punisher, that's in one video. Um, there's also two new videos of Tales of Fantasia, as well as two new videos of Secret of Mana. Uh, there's a few new episodes of, uh, 365 Days of the Super Nintendo, with the, uh, latest one is not posted there for some reason. Sing gods, but I know that there was another one posted, uh, today, and I think it was Final Fantasy V? I could be wrong. No, Super Punch-Out. Final Fantasy V was either yesterday or the day before. Anyway. Preparation, guys. It's important. Um, so, yeah. That is what's going on on the website right now. And what's going on here. Well, we got some music. We got some video game stuff. We're going to have some fun. It's Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And, um, yeah. Time to get some music going.
you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Uh, that was Stars and Light, composed by Team Life Force, which kind of gives away today's game from the archives. You've saved the innocent people of Gradius from the vile Bacterians, but now an even deadlier plague has slimed into the neighborhood. It's Zelos, an all-engulfing planet-eating alien who's hungering to take a bite out of you. Only this time, you don't have to rescue the millions of Gradians alone. You can call on a starfighter from the planet Lattice who will fight beside you in his Road British Space Destroyer. You'll be gunning, you'll both be gunning for max power-ups with ripple lasers, plutonic missiles, and impregnable force fields. But you better be on target, for this isn't your only space, uh, your ordinary space scum. And to crush your, uh, to crush him, you'll. You've got to soar through his guts, blast past his death traps, and ultimately blow out his heart. Good luck, Commander. The galaxy is counting on you. And this is Life Force, which is an action game for the Nintendo Entertainment System developed and published by Konami and released in 1988. Kind of an expansion of the whole formula of the... Um, of the, gra- the original Gradius game... Uh, you have um, left to right scroll, bottom to top scroll. Um, you have simultaneous multiplayer, all sorts of things that are trying to expand on the Gradius um, gameplay. And I think it's it does a pretty good job of it. Um, if you want to see it on the site on lowbiasgaming.net, Jason's got us six videos of the very game for the six stages in the game. A little short but sweet, but like I said, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good game and it's worth checking out.
that was Commissar with Turkey Turkey from Chiptunes Equals Win Volume 6. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And part of the problem with doing news of the weird is that right now it's being published on Fridays, which means that I might have a couple of hours to potentially uh, notice that it's there, scan it for objectionable content, make sure it's appropriate to put on the air, and then, you know, put it out. In this case, there is no news of the weird that was published today. So, what I'm going to do, uh, I am going to do news of the weird as I usually do. But we're going to be looking at the stories for July 5th, which is the week before Season 4 started. Uh, it has, of course, been checked for objectionable content, as it usually does. But I will warn you that some... Some of it may not jive well with all audiences, so this segment is about 13-15 minutes long, so take that as you will. Our lead story, Bright Idea. Arby's has turned the trend toward plant-based burgers on its head with the new Merit, a carrot made out of meat. Don't think that's going to fly well. Vice reported that Arby's has definitively rejected the plant-based meat, mo- meat movements. What Americans really want is great tasty meat, said Jim Taylor, Arby's chief marketing officer. So we said if others can make meat out of vegetables, why can't we make vegetables out of meat? The merit is made by rolling raw ground turkey breast into a carrot shape, cooking it sous vide for an hour, covering it with a special carrot marinade, and then oven roasting it for another hour. Bon appetit! Except for the people who are not going to be happy that they just ate meat when they thought they had a carrot. The litigious society which I can see happening in Arby's future if they keep doing that. uh, Tommy Martin, 58, of Mount Holly, North Carolina, hopes to see Hardee's in federal court after a, quote, humiliating incident at a Belmont store in which Martin was uh, was given just two hash rounds on his uh, breakfast plate rather than the half dozen or so depicted on the company's website. Martin, who is black, I don't know why that matters. Uh, I mean, it's true. False advertising hits everyone equally. Anyway, Martin, who uh, told the News and Observer that he felt he was in the scene from the uh, segregated 1960s when he asked for more. I suppose that could make a difference. Uh, The manager came back and said, uh, and said, that's what you get. Got home with tear in mine eye, Martin said in the handwritten lawsuit filed June 24th in U.S. District Court in Charlotte. The cashier was prepared to give him more hash browns, uh, hash rounds, rather, Martin said, but the manager, who is white, stepped in and gave him a refund instead. Right. Cultural diversity. 
a cafe in Bangkok, Thailand, is encouraging customers to, quote, experience the death awareness and reflect more on their lives by inviting patrons to get into a coffin and spend some time with the lid closed after finishing their coffee. Death Awareness uh, Cafe owner Vir, uh, Viranut Rojanarava, oh my goodness, Rihanna Prapa told United Press International that the practice encourages people not to be driven by greed. When the lid of the coffin closes, they will realize every that eventually they cannot take everything, uh, they cannot take anything with them. Hope there are air holes. Indeed. Nightmare Neighbor, ladies and gentlemen. After her husband suffered a stroke in 2012, Jung Hee King Spicer, open, uh, owner of the Yakima Washington Arts Academy, increased the number of piano students she taught in her home, angering neighbor Paul Patnode, who complained and forced Spicer to get a permit that limited the hours and number of students she could teach, uh, uh, she could teach each day, reported the Yakima Herald. Spicer complained, according to court documents, but Patnode, unsatisfied, sued her and lost that case in 2014. Undeterred, Patnode changed tactics. From November 2015 to March 2016, he parked his diesel pickup truck next to Spicer's home, remotely revving the engine and setting off the truck's alarm each time a student walked by. Spicer and her husband won a $40,000 settlement in their resulting lawsuit, and on June 25th, the Division III Court of Appeals upheld that ruling. Chief Judge Robert Lawrence Berry wrote, Mr. Patnode intended to achieve through harassment what he had been unable to achieve through legal means. I mean, that's just being rude. Being rude does not result in anything good happening. I disagree that he should be punished $40,000, but he should still have to learn a lesson. That is without question. Government in action. Health Canada has issued a seemingly obvious uh, warning to consumers of Venus Simply 3 razors. They pose a potential cutting hazard. You think? CTV News reported that the four packs sold at Walmart have been recalled because, quote, the blades can become misaligned and pose a higher risk of cuts during use. No one in Canada has reported being cut. However, smooth close shaves... Well, maybe not on my face. Techno Tot. Two-year-old uh, two Raina McNeil of San Diego is an early adopter of online shopping. In late June, as Raina played with her mom's mobile phone, she managed to purchase a $430 couch from Amazon. Excuse me? Mom Isabella McNeil told KNSD that she had been scrolling through some couches on her phone before handing it off to Raina, but she didn't realize the toddler had made the purchase until a few days later when she got a Your Couch, Your couch Has Shipped alert. I didn't remember ordering a couch, she said. It was too late to cancel the order, so McNeil plans to resell the item locally. Lesson learned, McNeil said. She'll make sure apps are closed in the future. I mean, here's another idea. Most phones support having multiple users. So just make a user for your kid. Or, you know, just 
I don't know. I'm still not big on letting kids play with smartphones, but maybe that's just me and I'm old-fashioned in that way. Let's play on the NES, man. That's, that's where it's at. <clears throat> the classic headline. Police officers in Manchester, New Hampshire were called to a local hotel on June 28th after Matthew Williams, 35, of Nashua, was reported to be behaving erratically, shouting, uh, throwing things, and, quote, acting aggressive. Ugh. Aggressive. Affor uh, according to Fox News. There we go. English is hard. Officers called in a K-9 unit, and when the dog entered the hotel room, Williams allegedly, quote, wrapped his arms around the dog and struggled with him, eventually growling and biting the dog on the top of the head, police said. Can you pet the dog? No, but you can bite it. Williams was charged with resisting arrest, simple assault, and willful interference with police dogs. Authorities said the dog was not harmed. I don't know, maybe maybe his feelings were hurt a little bit. I know mine would be if I was bitten in the head. I wouldn't be too happy about that. People different from us, and there are two of these. Zach Pinsent, 25, from Brighton, England, hasn't dressed in modern clothing since he was 14 years old. Instead, he makes and wears clothes that were popular in the 1800s. At 14, I made the symbolic decision to burn my only pair of jeans in a bonfire. It was a real turning point, Pinson told Metro News. On a typical day, Pinson wears a floral waistcoat and knee-high leather riding boots, along with a jacket with tails and a top hat. He explains that his obsession started when his family found a box of his great-grandfather's suits. He now researches designs and sews clothing for himself and other history buffs to great response. I've been all over the world and people are inquisitive and appreciative, he said. That sort of reminds me of Mrs. Milligan, honestly. Um, anyone who's not familiar with them, Mrs. Milligan's hats and millinery and haberdashery is. But, um, I don't know, kind of reminds me of her because she tends to dress in that style, at least at conventions. Anyway. Other people different from us, a baby boy born in West Java, Indonesia in November 2018 was given a most memorable name by his parents, Andy Kahia Saputra and Ella Karen. Eight-month-old Google, spelled exactly how you think, was so named, Saputra so, uh, told Indonesian media because, quote, Google has a great meaning. Google is number one in the world, the site most visited by people. The Mirror reported Saputra told his own father uh, he hopes his son will become, quote, a useful person and, quote, help a lot of people, while also explaining that they didn't want to, quote, dilute the essence of the boy's name by giving him a middle or surname. He's just Google. The baby's mom wasn't really on board with the idea until about three months after he was born. She said people ask if their next child will be named WhatsApp, but it doesn't bother her because they don't understand the meaning of the name. Google? What is wrong with people? Oh my goodness. That just seems like a terrible idea. Just Google it. Go talk to Google. They'll know. 
Sure. Anyway, precocious. This person. Little Sebastian Swenson of Blaine, Minnesota wanted Reese's candy and he wanted it now! So on the morning of June 11th, the four-year-old climbed into the front seat of his great-grandfather's Hyundai Santa Fe and drove at low speeds to a nearby gas station where police met him. To accomplish this, according to Fox 9, he had to reverse out of the driveway and navigate winding residential streets before getting onto a busy four-lane avenue in rush hour traffic. Along the way, he dinged a few mailboxes and a tree, but he arrived safe, safe and sound. Blaine Police Captain Mark Borboom told Fox News, I've never seen a driver this young before operating a vehicle. And from the sound of it, doing a decent job. I mean, he's probably still going to have a bit of a price to pay, but at the very least, I'm sure he'll be able to get his license when the time comes, right? Right. Anyway, extreme! Or I should say, extreme! Since we haven't seen awesome in a little while. Michael Wardian, 45. Uh, chose the hottest day of the year so far in Washington, D.C. to tackle a long-standing goal of his. He ran all the way around the Beltway, 89 miles. That's some determination. Wardian of Arlington, Virginia, started at 1.30 a.m. on June 29th and ran for almost 18 hours, according to Fox 5 D.C. You're like, I want to do this, but it's never a good time, Wardian said. So we just did it when we had the time. Temperatures on June 29th reached 96 degrees Fahrenheit. Which, for us Canadians, that's 35 degrees! Obviously it's not going to be a right time to do this if it's 35 degrees. That is a heat warning. Which, by the way, we do have one in effect, and we'll talk more about that after this last story. Fail! In Rybnik, Poland, a 68-year-old woman uh, who was completing the maneuver as part of her driving exam, speaking of driver's licenses, struck and killed a 35-year-old driving examiner on June 24th. Police believe the victim was testing another candidate at the time, the Daily Record reported. Deputy Police Commissioner Rizard Sepzor said it was unknown how the accident happened. The woman was in a state of shock afterward, quote, and because of that, speaking her uh, speaking to her would be quite difficult. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, anyway, let's move on to the weather, shall we? Um, let's do that. As I mentioned, there is a heat warning in effect for Halifax Metro and Halifax County West. Humidex values are reaching 30 degrees. Uh, humidex, re uh, humidex values reaching 30 degrees are expected for the next three days. A hot and humid air mass will continue to settle over Nova Scotia this evening and will continue on into this weekend. Daytime highs in on Saturday and Sunday are expected to reach or possibly exceed 30 degrees inland with humidex values as high as 34 to 39. Confidence that heat warning conditions will be met is relatively high for Saturday. There is less certainty for Sunday, especially about how widespread the impacts will be. Conditions will return to near normal late in the day on Sunday as a cold front with scattered showers passes over the region.
This, men- this message will be updated on 5 a.m. Saturday. The risks are greater for young children, pregnant women, women older adults, uh, people with chronic illnesses, or people working or exercising outdoors. Drink plenty of water even before you feel thirsty and stay in a cool place. Never leave people or pets inside a parked vehicle. Heat warnings are issued when very high temperature or humidity conditions are expected to pose an elevated risk of heat illnesses such as heat stroke or heat exhaustion. So, yeah. Um, cover up, stay indoors when you don't have to go outside, and probably close the windows. And if you have AC, then bless you. Um, so yes, uh, it's currently 23 degrees with humidex of 26 here in Halifax and partly cloudy skies. Fog patches along the coast overnight. Wind southwest 20 kilometers becoming e- uh, light early e- uh, early this evening. There we go. And a low of 16. Sunny on Saturday, July 20th. Uh, fog patches along the coast early in the morning. Wind becoming northwest 20 kilometers an hour in the morning. High of 31, humidex of 35, UV index 9 or very high. A few clouds at night. Fog patches along parts of the coast overnight. Low 20 except 16 along parts of the coast. Sunday, July 21st, a 30% chance of showers and I have 28 going down to a low of 19 and a 6% chance of showers overnight. Monday, July 22nd, 6% chance of showers and I have 23 going down to a low of 80, uh, of 80, 18 rather, uh, and a 6% chance of showers. That chance of showers will persist along uh, the day. For Tuesday, July 23rd, with a high of 24, going down to a low of 16 and cloudy periods at night. Wednesday, July 24th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 22 degrees, going down to a low of 15 and cloudy periods at night. And Thursday, July 25th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 23 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and it's time to get some music going.
that was the J.R. Thurkeen's band with Backwards Revamped. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And today I want to talk about a game. Well, sort of two of them, but mostly the one. I played a lot of World of Warcraft back in the day. I haven't done so for several years, but I do kind of miss it. Right now, I'm not in a spot where I can particularly afford to pay for games, though, so if I can find something new for free, then so much the better. And goodness knows, WoW has garnered a lot of competition since it became popular all those years ago. Some of them are free, lots of them are free to play, quote unquote, and a few of them are paid games with free trials with various types of limitations. One in particular that I want to talk about today has a fairly generous free trial, and that's what I've been playing. Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, is a massively multiplayer online RPG for the PC, PS3, and PS4, developed by Square Enix and Division 5, published by Square Enix and released in 2013. This is not to be confused with the original Final Fantasy XIV, released in 2010. I don't know much about it, other than everyone says that was a trash fire. So, there you go. <clears throat> This game happens five years after the events of the original game, which were punctuated by the seventh umbral calamity, which caused mass destruction across Eorzea. At this point, much of the rebuilding has been completed, but there are still forces at work which seek to annihilate what remains of the world, and it's up to a band of adventurers to stop them. So I'm not going to go over my usual review stuff this time, suffice it to say, it's a 3D MMO from a company who can afford to put production values into it and it follows a formula that tends to work with most such games. Mostly I want to sort of compare and contrast World of Warcraft, see what I like and what I don't. It also goes without saying that I'm on, I'm currently on the Final Fantasy XIV free trial. Speaking of which, the free trial for that game is fairly generous. A trial player can't do things like form parties, join free companies, otherwise known as guilds in other games, or use the in-game market system, otherwise known as the auction house. But the duty finder can be used to queue for instances, there is no limit to which of the vanilla classes that can be played, and the level cap is 35, which itself is much higher than WoW's 20. Now when I say that a player is not limited to which classes they can play, they're also not limited to how many classes the character can be. If someone really wants to, their character can be everything. Tank, healer, ranged DPS, melee DPS, all rolled into one, not necessarily at the same time, but, you know, all in one character. In fact, it seems to be, to, be a, to be a valid strategy to grind everything up to level 35 before moving on to a paid account. One problem that the player might run into in doing this is that if they're trying to be completionist and clear every quest, well, there are only so many quests and they can't be repeated for other classes. However, there are options, queuing for dungeons as well as doing guild levs, uh, which are repeatable quests. Mind you, not everyone, will, not everyone will be down for doing the same four quests over and over again, especially the escort quests, which in this game are the absolute worst. Let me tell you. Actually, let me not tell you. If you want to find out, you can play the game. I have other things to talk about. A player can also have every gathering and crafting skill in the game on one character. 
The crafting system is a little more involved in this game. The player will use different skills not only to craft an item, but to attempt to, pr to improve its quality. Once one has gotten high enough level in at least one skill, they'll be able to use quick synthesis to make multiples of any item they've created at least once, but the chances of creating high quality items lowers significantly. The main problem with the crafting system that I've noticed in this game, however, is that everything depends on everything. It's possible to get up to about level 10 or so without worrying too much about it, but inevitably in order to make this armor thing, then you need this other goldsmithing thing, you want to make the super cool high level gear, then you need all of the other skills capped. Awesome-tastic! By which I mean not at all. We'll see how that goes. Well, at least they do try to make the leveling experience a little interesting by adding guild quests every five levels, uh, which often will have new gear and skills as a reward. This goes for every guild, whether it's a combat class or crafting skill. They also tend to have little side stories which can be followed which don't really have much to do with the main story necessarily, but are interesting nonetheless. I think the one thing that bugs me the most about Final Fantasy XIV is lack of add-on support. Far as I'm aware, WoW is really the only game that does this openly and everyone else just kind of forces you to work with what you've got. Naturally, this doesn't mean that there aren't any add-ons for Final Fantasy XIV, but it's against terms of service to be using them. Um, from what I understand though, if they don't really affect gameplay, be it yours or others, such as, for instance, restricting p players from participating in instances based on damage or healing output or being able to see through walls or things like that, then nobody, no one will really bat an eye about it, including the mods, so maybe I'll take a closer look at those later. Still, I miss being able to customize the heck out of, uh, out of my game. Like, I used to make a completely new layout for every expansion back in the WoW days. That was kind of part of the fun for me, honestly. All in all, Final Fantasy XIV, at least in its trial mode, is a pretty nifty game. Some people are going to prefer it over World of Warcraft, some people will stick with World of Warcraft. Maybe I'll try uh, WoW again someday, but... For now, I'm content with playing the, through the swath of content that Square Enix has put out for free. I mean, goodness knows, once the show's done, I'm probably going to queue up for a round of Mahjong. Because that's totally a thing that you can do in this game. I just wish it didn't take like two hours for that queue to pop. Well, that's more or less what I think about um, Final Fantasy 14 the free trial um so just kind of curious about what you guys think um let me know on twitter at square sim s-y-m uh let me know of any um interesting experiences you've had um any wh whether they're good or not as good because there are two sides to every coin and um yeah just um Tell me about your your experiences, I guess. I, I realize I'm kind of rambling at this point, but that's because this ended up being shorter than I thought it would be. Anyway, 
Let's play some music, shall we? That sounds like a good idea to me. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Face with Seaport from the album Various Topics, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And I found a thing. Yes, I have found a thing, and I will share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I Found a Thing. And this thing is an art thing that um, has some interesting legal um, concepts behind it. So let's just get on with Unable to Flip the Bird from Baroque Potion uh, 2012, written by David Byron. 2007 saw the demise of Ileana Sonnabend, a legendary purveyor of art created after 1945. Uh, among the famous works in her considerable estate were Robert Rauschenberg's Canyon, a canonical influential mid-century work uh, well known for, uh, from survey texts and studies of formal and thematic innovation in contemporary art. The work is neither a painting nor a sculpture, though it combines attributes from both. Um, the artist the artist called it a combine, and it brings together a variety of media, art supplies, straps, miscellaneous material, and things. One of these things is a stuffed bald eagle. Sonnabend's heirs have t uh, tasked three appraisers, including one from Christie's, to put a value on the work. Since the bald eagle, dead or alive, is under federal protection, it would be a felony to sell the work and a felony to buy it. For this, re for this reason, the appraisers reason that its fair market value is zero. Price, after all, is not inherent. It is a function of market behavior. In this case, th that behavior is prohibited by law. It is perhaps no surprise that the IRS task was celebrating the deceased by scrupulously taxing your legacy disagrees with that appraisal. Stephanie Barron of LACMA, an expert advisor to the IRS's art appraisal services, parses the economic data differently. The ruling about this eagle is not something that the art advisory panel considered. It's a stunning work of art, and we all just cringed at the idea of saying that this had zero value. It didn't make any sense. Well, au contraire, Miss Baron, it cannot make any sense. As in money. Nonetheless, the IRS appraised it at $65 million. This is after having assessed a tax on $471 million on the estate, for Sonneman's heirs had to sell off much of the collection in the largest private art sale ever. The federal government forbids the owner of Canyon to sell it and forbids anyone to buy it. But the tax for inheriting, inheriting, it, inheriting it, plus a penalty for de, for daring to declare it's worthless, twenty nine million two hundred thousand dollars. Twenty nine million two hundred thousand dollars for something that essentially should be worth something. It would be worth something in any other country, but cannot be bought or sold in the United States. There are some questions to be asked here, and I'm probably not the one to ask them, but, um, there you go. Just thought that was interesting, and just thought that I would share that with you, but uh, let's get to some more music, shall we? You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that was Deadbeat Blocks with Hy Hyperspace version 1.2. And that's rounding off the hour for today. So I hope that you enjoyed today's show. And uh, next week might be a little interesting. I'm not going to say too much about it because it's not for sure yet. But uh, it has a chance to be interesting. So make sure you tune in. Anyway, we're running a little behind, so I'm going to go right to the credits. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Manama Namiki, Nuriki Twilight of Defect, Niflis Pink, uh, Pink Projects, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm and The Vinyl Factory at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of the show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or whatever podcast app that you desire to use, it's probably going to be on there somewhere. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know. And I'll see you guys next time. Oh.